0: Lots of things go better together. Hockey, food, golf, peanut butter and jelly, Gojo and Golik, Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. What? But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the Fall Guy. We do doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! what's up everybody welcome to gojo with michael jr that is me with me as always entirely ready for mortal kombat brandon newman brandon what's going on
1: are you not entertained
0: no that's not what they say i would say it's definitely not mortal kombat finish him that's what they say yeah or get over here
1: well that's what scorpion says specifically
0: but how you doing mike I'm good, Brandon. Um, I'm good. We got a great show today. Uh, little uh, housekeeping for people that are used to the normal weekly workflow around here. Uh, as always, make sure you download, subscribe, rate, and review to Gojo wherever you get your podcast. That five-star Please. rating and a review. And also make sure to check us out on the DraftKings YouTube channel as well under the Gojo of Michael Jr. tab. Uh, I say housekeeping because... It is Wednesday. Usually people around here have gotten used to and accustomed to us having a guest, especially us having our friend Charlotte Wilder for a Wilder Wednesday here. Uh, Because of some scheduling stuff, we are going to move that to tomorrow. My father, Mike Golick Sr., is going to be joining us for Friday. And so normally Monday and Friday are Gojo and Brandon shows. This week we're shifting that around a little bit. So if this looks and sounds different is because it is a little bit different because we're all doing our best around the holidays with all the travel time going. Does that sound all right, Brandon?
1: Sounds great to me, Mike, but I do need to borrow a pin from you.
0: All right, uh, I will go look for that right now. You can start the rest of the show, Um, (laughs) which we do have a good one for you guys today. Uh, We heard from one NFL player that had gone dormant and dark for a long time, and we were all very excited to hear about this. And Brandon has brought a unique premise uh, to me here. Someone has gone out and invented an award. We want to try and do the same. Uh, we will get to that here shortly, Brandon. But I want to give you credit, Brandon, because I think you spoke something into existence yesterday. What? You're so frazzled looking for this pen,
1: Mike. I uh, I can't right now, Mike. We when you talk, I'm I'm producing. I'm writing the things down, the notes. Like I see all, and to go into this thing blind is a little bit nerve wracking. Feeling a little bit like Andrew Luck for multiple reasons, but uh, uh, what are you talking about?
0: Well, I was talking about yesterday. We brought up the fact that Baker Mayfield was being released by the Carolina Panthers. Yes. And by all accounts, that was a mutual move. Baker Mayfield and uh, uh, and that camp said that they asked to be released when he found out he wasn't going to be the starting quarterback or the backup quarterback going forward in Carolina. Yes, And everyone immediately thought, well... The San Francisco 49ers have uh Jimmy Garoppolo who we thought was going to be out for the season, why wouldn't they go after him? And you brought up maybe someone would think about swiping them just to keep the 49ers from picking him up. Would mm-hmm. anyone think about doing that? And sure enough, as fate would have it, the Los Angeles Rams claimed Baker Mayfield off waivers. So you th- they will be You th- you, th- you,
1: th- you yeah. think that was a you think that was a block?
0: Well, Brandon, I want to see how deep this goes because I saw some people supposing about this possibility on the internet. Now, walk with me. Okay. So, the Rams will now inherit the $1.35 million left on Baker's contract. The Rams, who just put Matthew Stafford on IR because of a spinal cord contusion... Um, That sidelined him since the Rams' Week 11 loss to the Saints, have been dealing with different backup quarterbacks. They started Bryce Perkins before. They've started John Walford before. And so now bringing in Baker Mayfield, they talked about it. Liam Cohen, their offensive coordinator, said, this is talent acquisition. This is what we're Mm -hmm. doing. Sure, sounds good. They were the only team to put in a waiver claim on Baker Mayfield, source told ESPN's Field Gates. We get that right before we get the news the Jimmy Garoppolo may not actually be done for the year. Sources told Adam Schefter Tuesday yes. the doctors concluded Jimmy G did not suffer a Liz Frank injury in his broken left foot and won't need surgery, and so if rehab goes well, he might return in seven to eight weeks, sources said, which would have him there in time to possibly be a part of a postseason run for them. So Brandon, now I've seen people wondering, did... Sean McVay and the 49ers Miyagi the Rams into taking Baker Mayfield when in actuality they were never going to need him to begin with.
1: Oh, my God. The Puppet Masters, Mike. And what if Christian McCaffrey was the one who's actually had the hands on it? Like, y'all better not bring him over here. <laughs> <laughs> Trust me. You don't want to do, do this. It. I had a couple weeks. I don't I don't like these smells. I don't, I don't like his attitude. Please don't bring them into this locker room
0: it is interesting to consider. So now obviously for the Rams, like this does make some semblance of sense, right? Going down the stretch of the season, you saw how prideful that team is. They're still like, everyone a part of that organization is still trying to win. They've nuked all their picks, so it doesn't really behoove them to do much else. They need someone to trot out there, and if the rest of those guys are getting banged up, Baker Mayfield is there, he is cheap, yada, yada, yada. But for the 49ers, this is a massive coup, right? Jimmy G possibly being able to come back in the postseason, True. because now if this defense and their rookie quarterback can tread water for a bit, Jimmy G coming back... Being less than a hundred percent is still more about the knowledge that he brings to this offense, his decision making there. Even though I did hear um, Dominique Foxworth on his podcast point out the fact that Jimmy G's numbers traditionally in the playoffs for the Niners have not been great; he's not played no. stellar football for them in the postseason. So I thought that was a good point by Dominique uh, over there. But um, I thought it was still, the only thing like- that I thought
1: it was the only thing that is why people shit on Jimmy G. Because he is a regular season hero. He wins a lot of games in regular seasons. It is those moments. It's how he loses those playoff games as well.
0: Yeah, uh, there's always a part of that. And the fact that, again, the foil usually is on the other side. This great defense like yes. we see the ultimate version of that frustration with the Broncos right now but for the 49ers you've really had when healthy usually one of the best defenses in the NFL the core pieces of that group have been there for a while and so when you've got that on one side and you've got an offense with a coordinator that's a deadly weapon in the NFL and all you need in theory is a quarterback to not go out there and screw things up that's I think why Jimmy G draws a lot of the ire because we see this is an offense that can try out a rookie quarterback after the first quarter and still go out and beat a very good Miami Dolphins team.
1: Yes, Mike. But to talk about Baker Mayfield, is this his future, or or, or is he getting ready to you know play in the Grey Cup next year? Like, like I, I need to know because I really do see him as like the perfect CFL quarterback uh, for the Canadian Football League, and that's not a slight. But I, I, I just he's too he's too magnetic and he's too much of a personality for him not to actually be leading a football team.
0: Well, I think it's less leading a football team and more what the role of a backup requires, right? Yeah. Like and there was no guarantee when he went down to Carolina that he would be the starter. Like that was always I believe posed as a quarterback battle between him and Sam Darnold the way that was framed. So it was always there in theory, but like every quarterback's got that choice to make, right? Am I going to sunset potentially into that idea of becoming a backup in this league? Yes. Yes, of course. Cuz it is like- a good it's a good get. If you can do it. It is a good gig. What you just brought up there was what used to always be said about Cam Newton, right? Was that he was too magnetic in the locker room to be in a backup role because especially at the juncture that he joined the Patriots in, there might've been a thought that there was still ability left in there that could be reclaimed that Cam's very much the guy out in front of the team. And so that would subvert any of the young player trying to grow into that role that you might've wanted for the offense at that point with Mac Jones. Right. And also Mac Jones was
1: was good. I mean, like he was ready. Like, I think if the, if Mac Jones wasn't where he was, then the Patriots may have held on to Cam Newton actually with the COVID stuff. And yeah, there was, there was, I was
0: gonna say, part of that was Cam Newton missed time at a pivotal juncture in camp where Mac Jones then started to go out and perform really well with that opportunity. But I also think the difference is obviously Cam Newton had been a league MVP. Cam Newton had been a guy that had taken a team to a Super Bowl. He had lived up to the billing mm. as a number 1 overall pick for so long for Baker yeah. Mayfield, it had been mixed results and then he was hurt. So now if you're Baker Mayfield walking into a team, there's not the same magnetism where you look and you see the embers of what once was. You see a guy that's trying to hold on to what he's got right now and I think there's a difference there. And we'll see. Like we don't know anything about what kind of teammate Baker Mayfield was in Carolina, right? We didn't see publicly any of the brashness we didn't not hear any of the things that were fallout from that time in Cleveland after the Odell Beckham Jr. drama about who did fit in that offense and why. None of that mm-hmm. came out of Carolina, so we don't know if there is any of that to worry about. We don't know if there's baggage here. We just know he's a bigger personality than we're used to seeing for a lot of backup quarterbacks, at least on paper.
1: And, I mean, and can dance very well. I, I can't
0: get over the Madden commercials <laughs> well, when he first got into the league. How long do you think? Because I remember the first Baker Mayfield dancing video was at a bowl game that Oklahoma was at. Like that was what <laughs> yes. spawned all of it, and I feel like <laughs> that is like Drew Locke rapping Jeezy on the sideline, where that gave him another year in his career that wouldn't have existed otherwise.
1: Right. Yes. Yes. The uh I'm not going to go there, but yes, it, it 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 definitely gets some legs up under him. It may have uh, solidified the. What for what commercials is it? Geico?
0: Oh um, no, it wasn't Geico. Uh,
1: I want to say Home Depot, but it definitely wasn't. No, that.
0: it it was an insurance company. I think it was State I think Farm. It was Sta- um, we East leave the lights field. on. No, I know. Uh, no Progressive. I should have guessed Progressive the Cleveland. It's Progressive Field out there. Yeah, the, the oh yes, at home with Progressive commercials, which were incredible. Again, what honestly? This is the opportunity. Baker Mayfield is now near Hollywood, where he belongs. Yes. The best acting quarterback in the NFL right now, bar none. Matthew Stafford did a good job in those AT&T commercials after the Super Bowl, but he's on the shelf right now, and so who is healthy and able to scoop up those ads while he's in town? Baker Mayfield.
1: Okay, okay, okay. Now we're in the new media thing. Last thing, and then we can move on. Podcast that will go number one in sports. I already know Johnny Manziel, Baker Mayfield coming together. Money Baker, Money Mayfield, or or Baker Money. I don't know. There's something there. Like they were too similar. Oh,
0: no, dude, I got yeah. it for you. I'll add a third leg to that one right now, and I'll say because we'll get to what Odell Beckham Jr.'s future looks like when we get to this, that, and the third. Yeah. But if Odell, in the meantime, wanted to be on a podcast. You could call it OBJ Odell Baker Johnny.
1: <gasps> Ooh, yeah, yeah. I like that. I like that. Now, but now I'm thinking more ensemble casts of like kind of what Pat McAfee's doing, but just all first round draft pick uh, <laughs> quarterbacks <laughs> for the Browns. <laughs> all like of Brady, form- Brady Quinn is is hosting. Oh my
0: god. Oh my God, Brandon Whedon, Brady Quinn, Johnny Manziel. I'd listen. Yeah, honestly. (laughs) Download, subscribe, rate, and review. Brown like me. That's (laughs) that's, 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 that's probably going to be interpreted wrong. Yeah, that's wrong. Yeah.
1: What can Brown do for you? Dumpster fire. Ooh, something like that. That'd be good.
0: (laughs) Oh, man, make sure you download, subscribe, rate, review that. Um, It will be interesting, too, because Baker's not walking into a good situation either, right? All of their good players are hurt. Their offensive line was already hurt. Like, Baker Mayfield's not being put in a spot where he's going to be able to succeed. And so none of this is built to last. This seems to just be the side of a dam that's popping holes in it, and you're just trying to plug fingers in it as you go if you're the Rams at this point.
1: Yeah. Okay. I this is my brain when I don't have a pen. What if Cliff Kingsbury said? <laughs> could you imagine Baker backing up Kyler? It, could that quarterback?
0: Oh my gosh. Man, oh, what What's, a role reversal from their time at Oklahoma to ooh, now. The student man. has become the teacher. Yes. Go move wow. on. do it now. Uh yeah. So uh that is uh, that tangled web of news. The only other thing before we get to the Andrew Luck stuff Brandon that was wild mm-hmm. in the NFL. Um the Titans fired their GM in the middle of the season. Yeah. After extending him in February. Uh, also the best team in the AFC South. Right. Now which, you know, again, we can debate if that's really an accomplishment worth <laughs> merit, but <laughs> right. You know, uh, again they still deserve credit. They are a playoff team right now at 7-5. and five, But their owner, Amy Adams Strunk, came out and said that she did not think her roster was being maximized. Now, a lot of people are pointing to the fact that this comes the week after. They just got blown up by A.J. Brown, the guy that they traded away at the draft by the Eagles this last weekend. And that was sort of the straw that broke the camel's back. But Brandon... There's something we're still missing in this situation, at least in my mind, because you extended this guy in February. So clearly, you thought enough of the job being done. Now, we can talk about what those mean because in college football, this happens all the time where you're extending people for even the smallest inkling of success, coach or otherwise, because you're trying to show to players, boosters, recruits, hey, we're stable here and you can commit to us. It's a different world in college football. That's why you've seen Jimmy Sexton able to go out there and negotiate those 10-year-long deals for coaches because you've got pressure in the marketplace that they're exploiting in the NFL. I don't really understand why there'd be that same sort of pressure, but we saw this happen in Arizona. You brought up Kyler Murray. They extended everyone. They extended cliff. They extended Steve Kime. They extended Kyler Murray, even though all of them seem to be on shaky ground right now in one form or the other. And so I won't act like every extension makes the most sense to us, but you extended um, you extended John Robinson, and then you went through, and this is the other part that I would need to hear about is for Amy Adams Strunk to make this decision and for it for us to believe it was related to this A.J. Brown ass whooping that they took this weekend, you would also then have to believe that she didn't sign off on this around the draft, which seems insane that an owner would sign off on a GM going out and doing something with their money or their team that they weren't at the very least aware of, at least if not you know fully in favor of, at the time being. And I saw Buck Rising, who does a great job covering the Titans down in Nashville, wrote an article about some of the other misses that had gone on with this team, pointed to Jadeveon Clowney's acquisition, Julio Jones last year, some of those other things. But again, all of those besides the A.J. Brown trade predated the extension in February. And so for this to happen now, in the middle of the season, while this team is still in first place in that division – The math ain't mathin' right now. And so I am going to sit around and wait for what we find out next about this situation because if this is just a football move and you want to give more control to Mike Vrabel, who you trust based on the job that he's been able to do with this roster, we call him MacGyver all the time usually because of what they deal with on the injury front, right? They've had an right. injured quarterback this year. They had an injured running back last year, and they still always find their way into the mix. Now it appears like they're ready to give MacGyver a chance to go out there and pick more of the parts that he's going to go to work with. We'll see how that works out, but something still doesn't smell right here.
1: I mean, talking about the math, not mathing, Mike, didn't the Tennessee Titans use that first round pick they got for A.J. Brown on wide receiver Traylon Burks yes. in the draft? Now, Traylon Burks has obviously done well, but they just gave the Eagles their best wide receiver since Terrell Owens.
0: Yeah. No, which, uh, again, if you wanted to tell me that was a fireable offense at the time or that was a move you didn't condone at the time, I'd be willing to hear it. And maybe you're looking out this season at the way your passing game hasn't materialized, again, if you're Tennessee, and maybe seeing it in person – could have been too much but man that seems reactive in a way that would be indicative of bad business right like again it just feels like something else had to be adding up there because you had been so far in the other direction despite lumping in with this other moves that had happened before you chose to give this person more money in years to be in your organization like he gets to walk away i think with like four more years that he's getting paid like that's incredible and again if the draft record has not turned out the way that you've wanted it to, which they have had some first-round busts in there, the offensive lineman out of Georgia they took a couple years ago, all these things that you can point to. But again, why did you extend this person in February then? Why didn't you yes. make this move then?
1: It, it's, it's confusing, but it does seem like, talking about showing a, a sign of strength or stability, it seems like the message is, in Mike Vrabel we trust Yeah. Regardless of anything else. Right. And I think as as shaky as it was or the competition of manliness when man Campbell hit the scene and the Lions are are doing the thing. It seems like Mike Vrabel is 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 kind of steady Eddie.
0: Yeah, no, he's definitely the one to bet on right now. He's done an exemplary job. It's just now going to be, all right, can he pull off what very few coaches do well, which is do the coach and pseudo-GM thing? Because even if they get another body in there, it sounds like based on what I saw by the writing by Buck that Mike Vrabel is expected to be a guy with more control over the roster, and we'll see how often that does work out. But it just kind of a, kind of a head-scratcher here, again. And Mike Vrabel was also extended in February at the same time that John Robinson was. So, a- again... I'm not really sure what to make of this other than the story feels incomplete right now. And so we'll wait for if anything else comes from this situation before we kind of render a final judgment. But uh, Brandon, final judgment, kind of what we uh, finally got out of this Andrew Luck situation. So, hey, dad, what do you do when you're out with friends? The waiter comes up and tries to take everybody's order, but the whole table freezes up and everyone's looking at each other trying to find some help. That's a great question. So what, what should I do? You should have some confidence, Dad, or as our friends at Jägermeister call it, shot-fidence. If everyone's having trouble ordering, here's what you do. You take charge, you grab the bull by the horns, you find that dog in you, and you make an executive decision, and just order for the table a round of ice-cold Jägermeister shots. Damn, that's cold. Because apparently, we've all been drinking Jägermeister wrong. Did not know that. How should we be drinking it? Glad you asked, Dad. We should be drinking it ice-cold at zero degrees Fahrenheit. Well, that brings up other things that I love ice cold as well. And I'll tell you right out of the gate, that's going to be a candy bar pulled out of the freezer. That's my way of eating candy. And remember to check out Jägermeister at www.draftkingsxjagermeister.com. Remember, drink responsibly. Jägermeister liqueur, thirty-five percent alcohol by volume, imported by Mast Jägermeister U.S. White Plains, New York. Ever Mm. since Andrew Luck went retired in one of the most shocking NFL moments that I can remember, I was on the road in a hotel coming back from calling a high school football game and I had gotten delayed. And so I had to stay an extra night in the hotel down in Miami. Um, I think I'd actually driven up maybe to Fort Lauderdale to fly out of the airport there, but either way I was in the hotel. I had just gotten out of the shower and I came back into the room and it was preseason, but also like week ze- week zero of college <laughs> football And so I think Miami was playing that weekend. I remember Brevin Jordan doing really well, their tight end. And then all of the news coming out about Andrew Luck retiring from the NFL. And it was news that leaked during a preseason game. ESPN's Adam Schefter started coming out with that reporting. And then everything changed from there. And ever since then, he's been gone. And we've all been waiting around for that moment where he would eventually step back into the limelight. And there have been inklings of it along the way, right? Last year before I left ESPN, the college football playoff national title was in uh, Indianapolis at Lucas Oil. And RG3 and Andrew Luck were on the pregame show together, which man, wrap your minds around that 10 years ago and see how that feels. But uh, we
1: all, and also when they, when they've, I don't know if it's just Colts fandom or I need to stay off uh, Indianapolis Twitter, but every time there's been a vacancy, there's been the rumblings of, are they going to call Andrew Luck again?
0: And for the longest time, we thought there was no chance and that Andrew Luck was gone and he was happy and he had made one of the more effortless transitions getting away from football that we had seen anyone do because he honestly almost disappeared in the middle of the night like the Colts team that went to Baltimore. Like... (laughs) It yes. was, it was, or I forget if I had that right. I forget. I my no. Madness, yeah, 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 that's
1: yeah. They, well, they they left. They left Baltimore in the middle yeah, of the night. They that's left right. Baltimore in the middle of the night to
0: Indianapolis. Right. Yes. Yeah. Strike that. Yes. Reverse it. But. Yeah, yeah. um it appears we were a little wrong about that. So Seth Wickersham, uh, ESPN writer who does a phenomenal job. Normally, the case is if you are an organization and you see Seth Wickersham starting to poke around your building, something's about to get exposed inside there. In a long form piece that is going right. to read very well. In this case, um, Seth said that he had sent Andrew Luck a letter back in like 2019 and basically said he wanted to write the piece about him. Andrew Luck in the piece said that you know when he when the time was right. It would happen, and he spent days over the course of five months with Andrew Luck kind of catching up on where he was life-wise. And I'll say this, Brandon, because you and I are Andrew Luck's age. We were in the Army All-American game coming out of high school with Andrew as one of the quarterbacks on the West team. I have a vivid memory standing in the tunnel before that game of some goofy kid with a scraggly beard coming up behind me and going, oh, I think our dads played together uh, for the Oilers. Before I like went to go hang out with my Notre Dame friends, not thinking that years later I might want to borrow money from him. But oh my gosh, yeah! I, I was
1: to give context: starting quarterback for the West, Andrew Luck; starting quarterback for the East, Terrell Pryor. Yeah,
0: starting quarterbacks for the uh, the West, uh, Dane Crist, our good buddy and listener to the podcast, and Blaine Gabbard, who I think might be the only quarterback from that game still in the NFL. I think Blaine's yes. still somewhere.
1: Still, uh, only quarterbacks on the NFL. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, from that game, but but I digress. So all, all that is to say is you know we were coming up at the same time Andrew was, and he was one of the biggest prospects ever, and then he was gone. And I, in reading this, I realized that I mistook Andrew Lux silence and absence from the limelight, stepping away from the game for ease in the transition from football, because this whole thing is basically showing that Andrew Luck is a lot more like everyone who leaves football than we anticipated. Like everyone just saw smart Stanford guy and assumed that he made the transition or at least, you know, I shouldn't project and say everyone I saw smart Stanford guy (sighs) Who had a lot going yeah. for him off the field and assumed okay he stepped away and he was ready to be done with all that stuff we had seen him banged up a bunch in there they talk extensively about how bad the recovery from his shoulder injury was how after he came back and had the season that he did in 2017 or 2018 the ankle and lower body injuries that started to get that oh here we go again feeling back in his head they talked about yeah. all that stuff and so I thought this guy's tired this guy knows he has other things that he can do off the field and he was content with that and Brandon it seemed like he was anything but
1: obviously yes this this article uh, lays out the fact that he was as perturbed as most of us who are forced to leave the game or or in some way and I guess obviously this is we're talking about it he wasn't forced he he called his own number uh which a lot of people don't get an opportunity to do Mike but the difference is between Andrew Luck and the rest of us schmucks is how gifted and talented Andrew Luck was at the thing yeah, like, I think that I – for me to have any similarities or to read that article and feel seen by Andrew Luck, somebody who had as much success as he had in college while I was scout team player of the year uh, my senior year at Notre Dame. Like, like there's a little bit of difference. Like, the, the level of pain that I think I have connected to the game, emotional and all that type of stuff and, and you know uh, –
0: all, I, the, all that type
1: I, of all that type of crap.
0: But I think that's the point: is that that transitions hard for everybody, no matter yeah. your station in the game, right? Like I'm sure that transition yeah. was hard for you leaving football with your own attachment and your own experience in the game.
1: Yeah, but I feel like I I my issue was I felt like I didn't give the game enough because I couldn't because I felt like I would lose myself if I did, and this is scary to hear that. He's feeling like he gave everything and that's wh- and he lost himself in that.
0: Yeah, and that's very much the message in all this, right? And that was one of the things I kind of took away from this was there are so many things that are great about sports that they can teach us. One of the things he hit on constantly was this uber accountability. They Mm -hmm. talked about he got a chance to go and speak to a high school team. And that was one of those places he got the itch to start getting back to where he is now. He's in grad school at Stanford. He wants to get into teaching or coaching. And that came from being back in front of these players. And I think even in that moment, as he's talking about the parts of the game that you love and remember, at a high enough level, sports can bring out the best and worst parts of you. Like it can draw out all of those parts, but when you give so much of yourself to it, and so much of the problem athletes usually have leaving is this identity thing of, Mm -hmm. I am what I do. And we hear people say that all the time. I never really understood that. Like it's who, you know, it's what I do, it's not who I am. Man, after a while, that line's blurry for all of us. In an honest moment, walking away when you've been used to being like, Just being big, being physically larger in life, having yourself associated with something else that matters, whether it was the Golden Dome for us or the Colts for Andrew Luck or whatever your accomplishments were in the career. At some point, those are the things you wear that have made you special walking into every room you've ever been a part of. And when those are gone, now all of a sudden there's a lot to grapple with. Yeah. And also the identity of
1: something constantly being reminded of something that you're not. I think that's the biggest thing for me, Mike, because like I was, I, I, I am the way I am and the size that I am, and no one mistakes me for a swimmer. No one sees me as like, oh, did you play baseball at some? Like people look at me and think I still play football, and to to be so many years removed from something that gave me so much happiness, to constantly be re- reminded by strangers with a smile on their face that I am
0: what I know that I'm not anymore, that, that thing that hurts sometimes. It absolutely does. Because for so much of us and for Andrew Luck in here, he talked about being reminded of who he felt like he left down. Cause that was the other part of this that I think is fascinating insight. Most people don't want to hear about the problems of people with money. Like that's yes. right. True and I've always tried to make the point because we have a lot of friends that have played pro football. I've heard a lot of our friends who play pro football's problems. They're different. They're relative problems. Everyone's got relative problems in their station in life. And if you're Mm -hmm. someone who's around in, in the circle of those people and they're your friends, you care about those problems because they're theirs. Just because they're different doesn't make them less valid. Even though hearing them out loud, most people will go, well, you don't have to deal with X, Y, or Z. And that's true. And in this case with Andrew, it's interesting to think about because what we got here was insight into what it's like, the true pressure that goes into being that number one overall pick from someone who is actually willing to be vulnerable on the back end of that because think most of these guys are armored cars right Drew Brees mm-hmm. right now Seema like goes in the first time we saw vulnerability was his media career not going the way he wanted the Mannings have instantly transitioned into an empire right now John Elway is the owner of a team on and on down the list a lot of these guys that we see are armored cars are pillars of power coming off of the sport from the positions like that and they never break the mold on that we get a lot closer to Russell Wilson's where I still have the opportunity to make money be that guy that I was for so long and so why am I going to break character on that for Andrew Luck right. he kind of let the guard down and said no this isn't who I wanted to be or at least that's what he's telling us now is this is a version I was uncomfortable with because again there's different kinds of pressure in these jobs I was a back end of the roster guy in the NFL trying to make it. I didn't know if I was going to be on the team. And for a lot of guys who are undrafted guys who make the team, but are the 53rd guy on the roster, there's a pressure of not knowing if you're going to have a job every week. If all of a sudden a starting corner goes down, so they need to sign somebody else at that position and you become expendable. There's a pressure with that. There's also a pressure of being drafted as the top overall pick in an organization at quarterback with the gifts he has and being expected not only to be everything for your teammates, be everything right. for that team, but be everything to a city that cares an awful lot about that. Where everywhere you go, you're that guy for those people. And he talked about feeling like everything he did had to be towards that end. And don't get me wrong, it's incredibly financially lucrative. On the back end, Andrew Luck gets the chance to have the the buffer he does to go and take trips to go and take time away to not have to rush into right. anything cuz his bank account's not going to hurt for that. He made generational life-changing money out of all of this, but it didn't help him grapple with this on the other side. It didn't make that any less of a problem. It might have made it a slightly bit easier to deal with, but again, he's got problems that 99% of us are never going to know anything about and they're different and they might not put him at a financial disadvantage, but they're still interesting to consider based on someone who finally led us into a room that most of us, like you said, we'll never know what it's like to be as good at the thing that we do as Andrew Luck is. And it was fascinating to watch someone trying to rewire years of being that, that they had lived.
1: Yes, but I think that's the the problem that the, the thing that gives me the most pause with this is to hear... Just how much he hurts thinking about the thing that he was so successful at, Mike. Like the fact that he is lives in his home 30 minutes north of Indianapolis. It says he's five minutes from the Colts facility, drives by it every day. But in his home, just recently got the, the gumption, the gusto to start decorating his home with football memorabilia. And it's 99% Stanford apparel and and, and, and well, yeah. not the, the where he is but like I, I it's hard for me to wrap my mind around him being so uh being so just downtrodden for something that really gave so much so many others so much joy and happiness. Like he did a good job while he
0: was there. Yeah, but the ending was traumatic, and I think that's that's the one part that's so different about his story, is not only was he a young person retiring at a position like that, a premium position, way sooner than we were used to seeing, but it also didn't happen on his terms. It got leaked in the middle of the game. Like He talked about being in tears in that locker room, not even having had time to tell it to all his that teammates. He had told it to yeah. some of them, but like he got that thrown on him in a way that was traumatic. All of it makes you feel like, again, when you've been made to believe, hey, I owe this to everyone around me to go out here and be the best I possibly can at this thing. Like they talked about in that article, Frank Wright, who was the coach at the time that he retired, addressed the rest of the organization and said, now we're going to figure out and feel how the other half lives. Like that's so real because you plan for so long. We're watching all of these teams right now, whether it's the fuck them picks teams, whether it's the teams that are tanking for whatever the next generational quarterback that comes out is they're all planning for this spot. You mortgage your future to try and get this one position, right? And then you get it. You actually do the thing. But it doesn't last you the deck. You know, they said in this article, if Andrew Luck were still playing, this would be year eleven right now.
1: Yeah, for yeah. a
0: quarterback in this day and age, we look at that as all right. You're kind of in the middle of your career at this yeah. point, based on what the longevity looks like for these guys. Now, for Andrew, the injuries, the lacerated right, internal played. organs, like all those right. thing, very incredibly physically gifted player and all that. It, it was, I don't know, man. It was fascinating to see all of this it was fascinating to hear him be so giving about how it affected his personal relationships and what we always hear about right we always hear that line about Players and coaches thanking their significant others, thanking their families for the sacrifices we, you know, along the way. We usually get that in the Hall of Fame speech. Here it was yeah. no, my girlfriend almost left my ass, my future wife and mother of my children, because I wasn't going to let her in because I needed her to just occupy her role in the football game of life that I was quarterbacking. Like, that's, I'm sure, a shitty thing to say out loud about yourself or to consider about yourself in all of this. And Andrew Luck, based on this, seems to spend an awful lot of time considering himself. He seems like a very philosophical guy in a way that's not surprising given what we always thought about Andrew's personality.
1: Yeah, we we had a friend who was was teammates with him, uh, Sergio Brown. uh, And I I can't remember when I linked up with Sergio, but he was telling me about Andrew Luck and he said, (laughs) he said, while most guys are like, if you jog past, you know, Sergio's always running off the field. He said you run past guys and you hear the conversations that they're having. He said, you know, people are talking about strip clubs, baby mamas, family, like uh stats, you know, what they're gonna do in the next game, opponents. He says you you jog by Andrew Luck, he's talking about like children in Africa and and certain like uh disenfranchised stats, and and like he's his mind is elsewhere. And it always has been, and that's one of those things that's like been uh, like a cool superpower for him. It was always interesting to get Andrew Luck in front of a mic because you never know what he was going to say or what he was going to equate because he's just a, a, a third, a, a different brain, right? I I'm happy to see him. Get close to clarity, as he said, and I thought that was very powerful. How he said, how he said, it. he he says he writes in a legal pad when he wakes up in the morning, just jots down a bunch of stuff, and he doesn't reread it again, and he doesn't do anything with it. He just feels like it gets him close to clarity. To start the day And I think that's That's a That's something that people Don't spend enough time Thinking about For themselves Or even like How they communicate I know I'm talking like No No. one knows what I'm saying Half the time But I'm saying like You know I'm like Always like one deviation Wrong a lot So like me talking about Clarity is hilarious But it's something I consider it more After reading that article and, And considering For Andrew Luck's Perspective Of getting yourself To a position Where you understand Where you're at
0: Oh, and I hope that's something that, like, I hope a lot of players read this. Right. And I hope a lot of, like, college players read this. Because Andrew Luck has the means and the resources now to take care of himself. The NFL is a great head start for most guys, even if you don't have Andrew Luck's career, to give yourself a buffer while you figure out what's next. And the NFLPA is doing, I think, a better job of making sure that guys have access to therapists when they leave the league and to make sure you get set up to try and grapple with that transition. Because this article should show you no one's immune to that. No one's immune to that. There's varying degrees of it. How you can respond to it based on your means is different on the back end. But especially for college players, if you read that, like start figuring out how to take care of and nurture that part of you that comes after all of this. Because if not, it can be extremely difficult. The one thing I will say on the positive end in this mm. article that I feel like not enough people were talking about. Andrew Luck, game by the pound. Oh, uh, it, uh, it, okay. So his wife, Nicole... Who he met at Stanford, who was a gymnast and mm-hmm. an accomplished gymnast,
1: and also a talented gymnast, so much that she created her own move on the on the balance beam. So
0: yeah, she was badass, like it, a yeah. it, full, fully, you know, apparent in this article. But it said they met yes. at Stanford and luck got her number by pretending to have lost his cell phone and asking her to call it. The guy that people saw, nice hit sizzle, and talking about Jack Doyle, I don't think is the one they would have equated with being smooth enough to pull that off. So I just wanted to give him his due because I feel like so many people are going to spend time in this article, like we did, looking at all the very serious stuff, looking at Andrew Luck, and wondering if he's happy and wondering, you know, for a player that did give so much and seemed to have everything that everyone always wants when they look at quarterback to be this, you know, football, to be the successful quarterback for a franchise and for their college. He had all those things. And now we get a window into that world. I That also just feels like the part like, all right, there is some of that quarterback in there. There's some of that stuff that we expect for you to be able to go out there and pull that smooth shit off.
1: He mentioned in the article that he had a flip phone specifically to simplify his life as a quarterback. Like it was, it was a conscious decision. Do you know who else has a flip phone, Mike? Quarterback in, in, in college football right now? Stetson Bennett.
0: Just throwing mm. it out there. Mm. Just throwing it out there. Hey, man, talk. that's Heisman Trophy finalist Stetson Bennett to you, <laughs> yes, by the way. Yes, Brent, by exactly. the way, did you see this Stetson stat that was out there? No, what's Stetson stat? Well, Stetson Bennett in 2022 is a Heisman Trophy finalist. Lamar Jackson in 2016 won the Heisman Trophy. Don't do this. Both of them were born in 1997. They're the same age. What? Yes, they are both twenty-five years old.
1: Lamar Jackson and Stetson Bennett, same kindergarten
0: class. Yes, out out here shitting their pants at the same damn time. Oh my god! Both dual threat quarterbacks. Ah, uh, my
1: brain. Yeah. Okay, Mike. I can't do that. I'm not going to do the dual threat quarterback thing because I, I can't stop thinking about like them in class next to each other, like.
0: It's Kentucky Derby time. Are you ready for the greatest two minutes in sports? Saddle up with DK Horse, an official DraftKings affiliate. Right now, new customers who download the DK Horse app can get a 100% deposit bonus up to $250. Just deposit $25 or more and complete the playthrough requirement. Download DK Horse now to join the Run for the Roses action. New customers can get a 100% deposit bonus up to $250 when they opt in with code GOLIC, only on the DK Horse app. Com. Whew. Okay, that's cool. That's cool. There you go. Little mind blower to send you out on a positive note here. But Brandon, you know what would send people out on an even better note? Oh shit. If you told me what time it was. <laughs> if I told okay.
1: I'm working on this mic. It's Christmas time. I'm feeling a little pressure. It's getting to that point where it's like I don't I don't know if I'm as confident as I've always been. But we're going to jump right in. This is my son's favorite Christmas song right now. Aw. Okay. You will get a sentimental feeling When you hear voices singing Let's be jolly Deck the with bells of holly rocking around Christmas tree Have a this, that, and the thing Everyone dancing merrily In a new Old-fashioned way
0: Oh, I don't know why you weren't confident about that one, man. That's a banger. I don't, I just, there's...
1: Thank you. It is a good one. It's a great one. I, I just, I, it's a, it's just, there's just, so many good Christmas songs. That, that's just like a, a very weird, weird good one.
0: It's an embarrassment of riches this time of year. And
1: you know what? I thought about it. Christmas songs. I don't know how great they are as much as they're like just really good interstitials in films.
0: That is true. They do pair very well. I will push back and say that Christmas songs are great year round. As someone who has listened to them in August before, oh my, still plays. If you agree, make sure you download, subscribe, rate, and review. Uh, Leave us a five-star rating and a review and tell Brandon how much you enjoy Christmas and Hanukkah songs in there. And if you've got any other holiday at this time of year from any various denomination or religion, please feel free to let us know. We are open to everything and everything in here. At Gojo Show on Twitter is where you go ahead and show that love. Brandon, let's go to Twitter. Let's get to this. Um, Woo! So Major League Baseball's got a lot of free agent movement right now. We've seen Jacob DeGrom sign with the Rangers. Justin Verlander's moving to the Mets. Trey Turner signed with the Phillies. Shit's flying Mm -hmm. fast and furious right now. But we know everyone's kind of waiting to see what happens with Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge, who went and broke Roger Maris' home run record this year for the Yankees, is now a free agent. The Yankees didn't sign him last year, so now we get a very cool possibility. And somebody jumped the gun. Uh, John Heyman, who is an uh, MLB insider, on Tuesday went to tweet that Aaron Judge appears headed to the Giants and quickly took that tweet down, apologized, said that he had jumped the gun on that one. Um, he said the, He tweeted after and said, the Giants say they've not heard on Aaron Judge. My apologies for jumping the gun. Problem is, not only did he not tweet that uh, with the kind of information he needed to back it up, he also didn't spell it right because he tweeted, arson judge appears headed to the Giants. And (laughs) it sparked the best version of Twitter possible when we get a hold of some dumb shit in a screen grab and make it live forever. And Brandon, him just being one letter off got me to thinking what might be some of the other best names of athletes if you just changed one letter of their names in there. I went Ooh. with cookie bets instead of Mookie Bets. Just to that, uh, with that's, baseball.
1: That's gotta be top five. Cookie bets top five. Name change.
0: Now, one of the other ones I saw was instead of bowl bowl was bowl lol, which I thought was phenomenal. <laughs> um, I do like that one. they um, Kelly Schumacher tweeted a whole bunch of them. Mom Brady, Dad Prescott, mm. Gosh Allen, Lustin Herbert. <gasps> Um, Russ L.L.L. Wilson, which I thought was incredibly clever. Russ L.L. Yeah. Sad Donald. Oh, man. Cursing Wentz. He doesn't curse either, I don't think. No, he doesn't. Um, uh, Noah Fart instead of Noah Fant from Keith Mm. Break.
1: I like that. Uh, Uh.
0: Oh, this is obviously uh, Shane Ryan, Fart Star. Oh, Fart Star. Packers legend. Love it. A lot of these got sexual, too. I feel like people have been taking their cues from you. Mario Escobar. Wow. James, James Hardon. James Hardon's good. I like that. I did think. Was it the was
1: Mario one? What's that? You said the Mario something before?
0: Um, no, I didn't. Oh. I'm sorry.
1: Oh, you were just saying the person who said it.
0: Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> I
1: was like, I don't know how that's sexual. I would, Tell me about the Mario. <laughs> what position is that? Um, that's
0: why scoops are a dangerous game, man. All of this just underscores the fact why I stuck to strictly news that was given to me by friend and Notre Dame teammate Harrison Smith when he signed his new deal. Like Oh, yes. I'm, I a, I'm a one-time NFL newsbreaker. Broke Harrison Smith's third contract in the NFL with the Minnesota Vikings. Got all the accreditations. It was a wonderful rush to be an insider for a day. But, Brandon, until one of our other Notre Dame friends does something and feels like giving me the scoop for some un- ungodly reason, I'm probably going to stay out of it because this is what can happen. It's like when coaches talk about passing the football. Three things can happen, and two of them are bad. That's how it goes with the scoops game.
1: Wow. I like that. But also, Mike, I haven't stopped thinking about the fact that you can vote for the Heisman. I know we talked about this before, but since you brought up the fact that you also broke the Harrison Smith uh, contract extension news, just something else cool. Something else cool that you do.
0: It's my goal to just corral enough little cool things to Mm -hmm. be considered somewhat cool. Because I haven't really accomplished anything incredibly great. But uh, I've accomplished a cup. Like calling the hot dog contest was pretty cool. Like uh, there's a bunch of like little things in like that. That if you pull enough of them together, the Duke's Mayo thing was weird and provocative, but wasn't necessarily an accomplishment. So it's all about how you read it. You got to kind of spit shine it a little bit for it to look good.
1: Uh, your, your miscellaneous drawer of of cool accomplishments is 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 it? It's not bare. I'll say that.
0: No, but it is miscellaneous, and it's definitely a drawer, the junk drawer, a tale as old as time, song as old as rhyme. Uh, Brandon, let's get to that. Um, We talked so much about the transfer portal yesterday. We neglected the greatest recruit in the country right now, Odell Beckham Jr., who is fully leaning into this shit, man. OBJ, however this works out, he's done this the exact right way.
1: Yeah, it's like it's like go on little vacations. I'm sure his his wife and or his his the mother of his child and, and his and his child are okay. Because as a father, every time I see someone that I know has a young child out and about, I'm like, you you dog, you lucky you lucky dog. Uh, but obviously, everyone misses their kids as soon as they leave them. Um, but he was at the Dallas Mavericks uh, Phoenix Suns game yep. with Micah Parsons and Davis. Yeah, Trevon Diggs, I, I, he's, he's literally just going out and having fun, Mike, and this little wrinkle that you gave me I, makes me rethink all of these visits. I thought he was out there exhausted <laughs>
0: hanging out at these things afterwards. No. No, he's not going through workouts or anything. But the Dallas this was the news today. The Dallas Cowboys have concerns about OBJ's physical and that his recovery from a torn left ACL in the Super Bowl has not progressed enough to ensure that he would play before mid-January, according to ESPN's Ed Werder. Uh, there is a possibility that signing Beckham uh would have no benefit until 2023, the source added. So that's uh interesting because we talked about this the other day and you brought this up and I figured there was no way OBJ would be going out here unless anything everything was 100% buttoned up that he was for sure going to be able to come back because you had so long away from it you weren't in a building with a team or anyone's medical staff and so it's not like people had a chance to put hands on you you were always going to have to go and show and tell that your knee was in a good enough place and so I don't know if this is any kind of gamesmanship by the Cowboys to maybe think at you I'd imagine other teams medical staffs I believe he's already met with the bills and the Giants. And so I'm sure their medical staffs have also talked to him. You don't, with Jerry Jones, you never know if what he's playing close to the best, if there's any gamesmanship involved, or if this is just the truth. And this is a player who had a torn ACL in the last game of the season who might still be feeling some of the effects from that in a way that's very possible.
1: Yeah. I mean, my dumbass took him as my last spot for fantasy football just in case he came back. My it was my Mr. Irrelevant pick. But I, I just feel like. I feel like OBJ knows that he's not playing this season. That's why he's asking for these long contracts from these teams. And I also feel like Jerry Jones is doing him a solid by even acting like they want to sign him. Because it's a, there's a little bit of that transfer portal recruiting thing that happens where it's like, oh, the Cowboys want him? Not that the Cowboys are like world beaters and have done great things, but... So they're the Cowboys. You know, yeah, exactly. They're the Cowboys, this is the star. So like other... The the Jacksonville Jaguars want to mess around and make him the most uh, the highest paid, you know, free agent, you know, because because they give that Christian Kirk deal. But I think it helps OBJ that the Cowboys are even acting like they like him.
0: So according to the NFL Players Association figures, the Cowboys have cap room enough to add him, but a multi-year deal would already complicate what's a tough salary cap situation for them going forward. They got a bunch of guys that are getting set to become unrestricted free agents. All that is to say... This could also be a leverage play for the Cowboys to try and make sure that they're just getting him for this season and that if you're going to come here, it's got to be a prove-it deal. Because, I mean, realistically, you're buying him here to be the jetpack like he was in last year's postseason for the Rams. You're trying to get that sort of bump, even though your offense has quality receivers in it right now. Like what you've seen from CeeDee Lamb and Michael Gallup and all these guys. They haven't been short on weapons. Tony Pollard is an asset in their passing game. It would just be one more added to the fold. So it's not dire, but when you get to this point, especially like we've seen in this year's NFC, where so many of the teams are making a living on the ground outside of San Francisco, who doesn't have the quarterback right now, but has a ton of great offensive skill weapons. Anything else that you can add into the pile, I guess you know, throw Philadelphia in there, obviously, to a great wide receiver room there. But
1: but well, as these offenses are opening up, Mike, like we just saw Taysom Hill against the Buccaneers. Wide open on a wheel route, like the wheel route is always open. Always, and that, and they've been they've been having CD Lamb in the backfield with Dak Prescott. Some, I'd love to see OBJ run a wheel route, like get more of these wide receivers in the backfield, like like you said with Tony Paul, Pollard. Uh, Pollard, obviously he's a running back, but there's something there. Like as much as OBJ took the Rams over the top last year, like you said, that jetpack,
0: he he's got to mean something to somebody. Ultimately, I think if this is even close, I think the Cowboys end up doing this. Now, you can have the conversation about between – because I, I don't think the Giants would be in this conversation as far as if Odell Beckham Jr. wants a deep postseason run. I don't think the Giants are going to be it. I think that would right. be a Bills yeah. or no. a Cowboys conversation. Can yeah. absolutely talk about, hey, you know, the Bills would probably be the better horse to back right now the way that their offense is sometimes struggling in the red zone. You could say maybe he comes in there and – alongside Gabe Davis and alongside um, Stefan Diggs there, that maybe all of a sudden it gives them that extra added boost, but it is still Dallas and the star. And Odell Beckham Jr. seems like a guy that would love what comes with being a Dallas Cowboy almost just as much as anything else. You know, he was a guy that was with, you know, Went from New York to Cleveland. And we all looked at that and went, my God, that guy must be drowning in it. Then goes to Los Angeles. Seems like a perfect fit. Dallas Mm -hmm. seems like another place that would be right in par with what Odell Beckham Jr. As far as being one of the biggest stars in the sport would be down with. So we'll keep an eye out on that as it goes forward. But Brandon. The 82-game preseason is in the books, and it's finally time for the real season. Don't miss out on any of the NBA playoff action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. From the play-in tournament all the way through the finals, DraftKings Sportsbook has you covered with same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. So whether you're bought in on heat culture at this point or think the Boston Celtics can survive a bump in the road, we got options for you. Just download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code GOJO. New customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. That's code GOJO, only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's four six seven three six nine. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888 789 7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. It's time to get to the third. And you brought this to my attention uh, yesterday. <laughs> Shania Twain received the Music Icon Award and performed at the 2022 People's Choice Awards. Now there are plenty of there are too many award shows at this point, and I feel like we hear of some version of an Icon Award or a Lifetime yes. Achievement Award at a lot of these shows. You pointed out that the People's Choice Award has given out exactly two Icon Awards now in its history. The first going to Christina Aguilera last year, and the second going to Shania Twain this year. I am blown away, by the way, that we are at a point in life where Christina Aguilera is getting Lifetime Achievement Awards. That made me feel old in a way I wasn't ready for.
1: I'm pissed off that Christina Aguilera is getting Lifetime Achievement Awards before Shania Twain.
0: I mean, Christina Aguilera. in order. She was a oh, – okay. Oh Christina Aguilera oh. had them hits. Uh,
1: of course she did, Mike. But Shania Twain won a couple of awards back in the day. She, like, won a, a People's Choice Award in 1998, like, 1999.
0: Like, I'm just like, saying, Christine Aguilera had hits in all sorts of varieties. Like, we had Dirty Christine Aguilera. We had that while where she was dressing up like a pin-up model. We had all these hey, different sights and sounds from one of the most powerful voices in music. So don't slander Christine Aguilera around here.
1: Can I tell you my favorite Christine Aguilera form? Sure. Lady Marmalade, Moon yeah, oh, Rouge. dude, she, she had. I'm telling hey, you, she had these hits. Her, her, Maya, uh, Pink, Missy Elliott was singing, Little Kim. Oh, it was, there's just another, there's another big star I'm missing in, 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 that, in that group, but that was, that was a time.
0: So, Brandon, this all begs the question considering we do get to watch this person perform a medley of their greatest hits, who should get the third? icon award (laughs) next year because now we're in like by the way it's also worth pointing out and this is another caveat here shania twain will also be was also performing her new song waking up dreaming from her forthcoming album so this is a little bit of one of those situations hey you'll come and play our award show we'll give you this nice award but we'll also give you a chance to play the new stuff
1: Right. And that, which we're tolerate through for everyone who's well over 50, oh. uh, their new music. I, I was, I'm going to say that I, I think it's fair to say. And she's also, she's about to go on tour, Mike, starting in February. So this is a little jump start. So I, I think I want to consider that, uh, in, in what we're going to discuss. Can next. I,
0: can I tell you, by the way, just as an aside, how pissed I was one year, I went to Lollapalooza when I was still living in Chicago. So this had to be like 2014, 2015. And after Lollapalooza, some of the musical artists will go and play clubs or other venues around the city. And me and a bunch of my friends got tickets to a Third Eye Blind concert. And I was psyched, you know, like we were going to go and listen to like the few Third Eye Blind songs that everyone knows, like Semi Charm, Jumper, all that stuff. But could
1: you give me, could you, could you give me like the little chorus? I know it
0: uh i want something else oh yeah and then get me through this and then okay, the other right. one wish you would step back from that ledge my friend you nope. uh, i don't yeah. know that one An- again another popular one but all yeah. that is to say about tolerating the new stuff we get in there mm-hmm. we're all jacked up we've been drinking all day we're getting ready and we've got nice seats for this and the guy the lead singer of third eye Blind, gets on the mic and goes we are so glad you guys came out here tonight. We know only the real fans would come over here. And that's why we're not going to play all that billboard hit stuff. We're going to play you the deep cuts. And we're sitting there like, oh, shit! No! Don't play any of those!
1: <laughs> Please don't. I don't! We were going to have fun tonight.
0: Yeah. I- I'm not going to sit here and awkwardly nod my head to a bunch of shit that I don't know. So, yes, you are 100% right about that. It is it is oh, tolerating what this person's continued expanding musical portfolio. So, Brandon, do you have an artist that fits those criterias, who would be out here slinging some new music, who's got a medley that you'd like to hear, and that is now in our age range of people we grew up listening to who are apparently in Icon Award range?
1: Mike, it seems funny you say Icon of War Range because rappers seem to have to do a little bit less to get into that uh, realm. I always say rappers need to just put out two really good albums. And they're really is supposed to just usually be the first two, and then you're good forever. So with that, Mike, I just feel like I would love to see Nelly perform all of his <laughs> Nelly
0: did. All of his hits. Nelly accomplished All of his more hits. than that. Give him some credit. Like, I thought you were going to... i giving him an Icon Award. What are you talking but about? But you said, like, I'm, he I'm... only had to do, like, two good things. Like, you had the Saint Lunatics. You had his solo stuff. Well, I, I, I say that
1: because I know for a fact that I have no tolerance for his new music because Suit and Sweat was trash. I bought the album. It was did not he, worth the time. did he
0: do that one song, Accidental Racist? Don't know, Mike.
1: I hope not, and I hope you didn't do that with Tim McGraw, Uh, because I. But that's the thing, Mike. No, oh no, I'm sorry,
0: I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Uh, That was and boy, like you talk about accidental racist, me just mixing it up with another artist. It was Brad Paisley and LL Cool J did accidental (laughs) racist.
1: Why is LL Cool J doing that? I'm mad at him. He was one of the first of the rappers. Don't do that, sir. Um, But outside of that, I, I ludicrous. Like, I would like to see, but I think Nelly has the genre of, like, the different songs, like, the Ride With Me, uh, and then, like, the, the hardcore rap songs, and then mix it in with the over and over again. Like, he's done enough for enough people, and, and he's got the stamina, Mike. I, w- I would like to see the St. Lunatics out there, too. Like, I w- like he could end it with grills, and then I'd put up with whatever new song he wants to talk to me about.
0: Uh, would he have to wear the Band-Aid if he was performing as a, as an icon?
1: I mean, I uh, uh, is he uh, is he going to wear Air Force Ones? Like, I mean, I need.
0: It is true. Is this,
1: is this a legacy act or not? Like, Shania Twain was everyone. She was going. Everyone going crazy on Twitter because she was wearing an outfit paying homage to her. That don't impress me much. Video uh, from years ago, but
0: I can can I tell you that I was hoping that this would mean like. Based on the criteria, it'd be awesome to hear some new music from Chingy. Like, what's he doing now? <laughs> The problem with bringing a lot of these people up is I haven't heard of them <laughs> long enough, and I have campaigned for a long time for a database with people's problematic behavior. Like, if someone did something that's bad <laughs> enough that I need to know about and not I say this know. person's name, I need a yeah. quick search that will, and I understand people are going to say, well, that's Google. It's something a little more concrete than that. Mm-hmm. Google's got a lot of pages. Like, I need yeah, to kind of yeah. just know if there's someone that's done something bad enough for me to not bring them up in a fun setting like this. Because I would love to hear Holiday Inn again.
1: Oh, I mean yes. Speaking of that, Snoop Dogg. I mean, he could probably do that anywhere, and it'd be great. But also, I like what you're saying. Like, kind of like the sex offenders list, where he just like pops up red for the names. Yeah, like we just you know what I mean. Like this, like.
0: Yeah, solid list. Have you done Have you done something bad enough for me to not bring your name up in these kind of settings? That being said, Snoop Dogg would probably be the ideal one. He's still doing tons of current stuff. He's on a million commercials. He does sports commentating now for the Olympics and shit with Kevin Hart. All the above. Just did a Super Bowl. I will say though, my vote would be for the Backstreet Boys. They just dropped a (gasps) new Christmas album, A Very Backstreet Christmas. In yes. October, because they understand that Christmas music doesn't have to just be limited to December, but then you would get all of the good stuff from Millennium and the albums that we really love.
1: Yes, Mike. I, I was thinking about the Backstreet Boys earlier, and I was like, people don't give enough credit for the, the boy bands that are still alive. Like, all of them. Yeah. Like, all the members that are still with us.
0: Like, that's important. And you know what? And just celebrating boy bands in general, because being young and... In those settings, I mean, think about when we were making young pop stars in the late nineties and early two thousands, we've seen in retrospect, all of the toxic things that were said to the women at that time, like Britney Spears and all the horrible things that went on there and the pressure that was put on all these people, it usually does not go well. And so the fact that these guys would still be friendly enough to be making music together and all around to do this is absolutely something to celebrate with an award.
1: Yes, especially, especially the bad boys of the group because they had so much pressure to continue to do bad. Like, thank God AJ is still with us from the Backstreet Boys. Thanks God Lance Bass is still with us from the Insync. Like, the, we got to protect the bad boys too.
0: Got to protect the bad boys. Um, <laughs> Mike didn't
1: hear me just call Lance Bass a bad boy. <laughs>
0: All right, well, uh, that being said, download, subscribe, rate, and review Gojo wherever you get your podcast, and let us know who you would like to see receiving. I'd also, Brandon, I feel like seeing them make just this one award also made me think like we should just make up an award to give out to somebody as an excuse to get a guest to come on our podcast to receive the award.
1: Okay, okay, Mike. Now you're talking. Now you're talking content too because I saw on ESPN the other day, they were giving out awards for like fake things that happened in the game, like best catch that doesn't count, that Jamar Chase catch that went out of bounds, or like a best butt tackle with uh McKisson to run in the end zone or came ran in the back of an offensive lineman and, and uh got tackled basically. I like the I like the made up. I like the made up awards. What would you go with?
0: Uh, you know what? I'm not sure, and that's why I'm going to outsource it to the people. At Gojo Show Ooh. on Twitter is where you let us know what fake award we should use to lure in a guest, or you can always download, subscribe, rate, and review. Leave us a five star rating and let us know there in the Apple Podcast or Spotify reviews. Make sure you check us out on the DraftKings YouTube channel as well. You can leave it as a comment there when you go to the Gojo of Mike Golov Jr. playlist. Thanks so much. We'll talk to you tomorrow.
1: who get it done.